Hello again, everybody. This is Lance Russell with Championship Wrestling with another big week. Join us right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Double Dropkick Show. I'm Heath Mulligan. I'm Mark Whitman. And, uh, oh, man, so good. How? When was the last time we recorded two sessions in a row? Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. So a while. Uh, go back. Episodes 308, 309, and 310 are out. We are, we're still in uh, celebrating nine years. Man, next year's our 10-year. Our podcast will be a middle schooler. Yeah, our podcast lasts longer than a lot of marriages last nowadays. Or engagements. Or engagements, true. Um, so, yeah, definitely. We made it more than three episodes. <laughs> um, I, I saw a statistic the other day. Uh, Anchor uh, FM is a, is a podcasting platform that I use. Their own, they were bought by Spotify. And they said... Uh, they were talking about the percentage of podcast that did not upload any new content in 2022 and how, um, you know, they were asking the question, is podcasting dying? But they were saying that one of the reasons is people are using free tools. Mm-hmm. And so there's not this urgency or like we pay for our hosting for the Double Dropkick show. And, uh, and so, you know, uh, I've thought about switching it. I've thought about the complications of taking 310 episodes and moving them to a free hosting. I've thought about that. Yeah. And, um, but all my other podcasts are hosted on, on free hosting and I record pretty regularly on those, um, but I've had other podcasts that I paid for hosting, and then life happens, and you quit doing the podcast. You quit paying for it, and it's gone. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on the future of podcasting? I think uh, celebrities are going to kill it. Yeah. I think when I have to listen to – I think the good thing I like about a podcast is is when it's people like us who are friends. Yeah. Who are, who are passionate – about something and they just like to have and they like to talk and they just happen to record their conversations right and you can feel like you're sitting in on that conversation almost like they're buddies of yours who are just and you're just sitting there listening to them talk that's right i like those type of podcasts i also like some people are just informative and they just interview different people and 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 i don't listen to everything they do but sometimes they have an interesting guest or an interesting topic and i'll listen to that kind of stuff i like the weird stuff i like Mm -hmm. sasquatch chronicles and things you know people that come on and tell their yeah their bigfoot stories and whatnot i like that kind of stuff um but but i think what's gonna kill it is you know jennifer aniston talking about her her skincare regimen you know what i mean and just and I, i'm just using her as she just right. happened to pop into my head but uh i didn't even know she had a podcast i, I don't know if she does <laughs> I just you know right. but uh ben affleck talking about his favorite donuts at <laughs> dunkin donut you know yeah um so you could plug anybody into that but you know i think that's gonna kind of hurt i think it will cause burnout there's there's 
Like, there's so many that I can't listen to. Even um, Conrad, <coughs> who's got puts out a lot of good content. I just there's it's impossible. Yes, for me to listen to all the podcasts that I want to listen to. I like the one that he does with Mick Foley, but I don't listen to it very often because right. it's just. I like cornets, but even he's putting out like six or seven hours sometimes a week now between his two. We put out, you know, a couple. And those are the top wrestling podcasts. <laughs> this is the Conrad Thompson, Jim Cornette, and us. That's right. <laughs> I think um, podcasting is so weird. I used to be, I used to get up tight. When people would call stuff that was a podcast that didn't have audio, it was just a right, video. Right. I don't get uptight about that anymore. That's good. You should let that kind of stuff go. Um, huh. and I think, you know, what Joe Rogan has done—that's the dream. I mean, he went against the norm of. Hey, podcast should be about 30 minutes. Well, we're going to go three hours. Right. Well, podcasts should have a niche. Well, we're not going to have a niche. <laughs> well, podcasts should stick to a particular topic. We're going to talk about everything. Well, podcasts shouldn't be controversial. We're going to be controversial. And um, But it's so funny that, and I don't want to get into a whole big thing. Yeah. But it's so funny that what we consider controversial used to just be like normal people having normal conversations where they wasn't, you know, where they yeah. didn't just blindly accept. Right. Well, I tell you what, I heard somebody else say this. It's not my idea, but it is a very true statement. When the people with the question authority bumper stickers started telling you to do exactly what you were told, that's when the world changed. Yes. Do you know there would be a concerted effort from both sides to silence a George Carlin. Yeah. Oh, he would have been canceled a long time ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Dude, can you imagine a George Carlin podcast? Oh, man. Yeah. There's so many of those guys that you hate that, um, that didn't get in on this. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, cause yeah. it would have, can you imagine, um, not just George Carlin, yeah, a Richard Pryor podcast, mm -hmm. um, a Bobby Heenan pod podcast, or Dusty Rhodes podcast. I mean, can you yeah. just imagine? There's a there's a comedian I follow, and I cannot remember his name, and he has a podcast, and it's just him and another guy talking about random stuff. And he says, he said, I didn't I didn't want my podcast to be just. An, an extension of my comedy Right I wanted it mm -hmm. to be Something different I wanted it to be There's people that listen To my podcast That don't even know I'm a comedian mm -hmm. And It's it's going to be interesting To see The future Of Of podcasting um, Like you said There's So When we started There were not not just <laughs> wrestling podcast. Just podcast. Serial had not come out yet. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people are making a living doing this. I know, man. And we've been plugging away at it for almost 10 years and ain't made one red cent. <laughs> well, I mean, we've, uh, we've, it's paid for some trips. Yeah, that's true. It has paid for a few things. <clears throat> I can't say that. Every day, uh, you know, the Patreon thing. Is like Godfather Three. 
I tr- I, we're out. We don't we don't have a Patreon anymore. Right, right. But and every but every day that I sit down, there's stuff I like to talk about that I post in our Facebook patrons group. That's right. just for them. That I you know I don't want to go out to the public. You scared? No, I'm not scared. It's just you are. I mean, we've talked about it before. You lo- you you'll definitely say some stuff hidden behind the paywall, so you don't have to account for it. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> now on. now like I know. It, it, well, this isn't behind a paywall, but I know everything that I share, it's getting shared with, with other people. Right. right. And, uh, I'm just, so I'm, I'm just no, you're right. You I mean, you weren't wrong in what <laughs> oh, you we, said. Oh, we've talked about it before. And, uh, I think, uh, but I think about, man, if I'm going to be doing this and I, when I do enjoy doing it, it's like, well, it'd be nice. To have some money, get some money for yeah, this. Yeah, that's right. Um, I'm glad we don't have the patron thing anymore. We talked about that. Right, right. It's kind of freed us up to to just be free, you know. Oh, I mean, I I have no problem saying it. I don't. I feel like when people are a patron, they feel like they've bought access to you, and I don't feel like I owe anybody access to me. Right. Even when they were patrons, I didn't feel like that. Right, right, right. Um See, Not that I appreciate it. I mean, I do, but I didn't feel like I owe it to anybody to have a conversation if I didn't want to have it. See, and I, what's, I'm, I'm total. I mean, we're obviously total opposites anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, the people who became patrons, I genuinely have relationships yeah. with. It. One of our yeah. patrons has become my life insurance agent. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, no, and I don't mean that in a negative. No, I hope right. Everybody takes. In a negative way, I'm just not. Uh, You're a private person. I am very private, and I don't. I don't necessarily want to have conversations. Like I mean, that. we have been ten. I mean, nine years, three hundred ten episodes. Mm-hmm. We have never mentioned your wife's name, Mm-mm. and we've never mentioned where you work. <laughs> That's pretty good. The only time if you, there's one time where I work at was said, and I remember the episode. I'm not going to tell anybody what the episode yeah. was or what happened, but I remember it getting said. And it wasn't said by me. Right. But, <clears throat> um, but yeah, I remember. And, and I, well, I remember one time you did say your wife's name. Yeah. And you said, hey, take that out. Can we you did. Take that out. Yeah. Because you don't need to know my wife's name. Right. That's There's, right. Nobody needs to know anything about my family. Right, and and that was what I and I don't think anybody thought that. I mean, that right, was, that was a right. patron. I don't think they were like, well, I got to find out about this. I just didn't. I didn't want anybody to know. That. I right. don't want people to know that stuff. Right. I'll be honest with you. If I could go back to the very beginning mm-hmm. of this, yeah, we wouldn't even use my last name on here. The only reason I do it now is because it's out there. Right. But if we could start over and change something. I, from day one, I would have never said my last name. Would you still allow your image to be put on a Christmas tree ornament? I would, yes. Okay. Would. Yeah. Because I look like Jason Voorhees in that picture. <laughs> this big, that big cranium. <laughs> the one, one eye's drooping down. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah. Um, it, it's, um, you mean, podcasting has become... It it was it was like indie rock grunge, yeah. That's it right. became mainstream, uh-huh. and um, <clears throat> yeah, that <clears throat> that's exactly what happened, man. 
That's exactly what happened. When when McDonald's got into the podcasting game. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um and now there was one podcast I was listening to. And it was like a it was at least a four minute commercial. Yeah. For a four minute commercial segment uh-huh. of yeah. various things. And I, I was like the good thing is you can fast <laughs> forward ahead. uh skip ahead. What I wanted to talk about briefly and and, and we're is uh this week uh Jerry Jarrett <clears throat> passed away. Mm-hmm. And if you go back and listen if you if you followed us, uh you know the tremendous respect we have for Jerry Jarrett. We've talked about him about really being the last promotion standing when Vince went national. I mean, Memphis was kind of the last one that was there. We've also talked about, I mean, part of part of the great thing, I would say, I don't even know if I knew who Jerry Jarrett was when we started this podcast. I, I certainly did not have the deep appreciation for Jerry for Jerry Lawyer, <laughs> Jerry Lawyer, sorry, got choked up. Got choked up over there. <laughs> for uh, another one of Apple Pie Coffee. Yeah, um, uh, for Jerry Lawler, mm-hmm. who now you know going back and um, just just this week, um, uh, there's an Instagram account called like Piles of Wrestling Tapes, mm-hmm. and it had some Jerry Jarrett stuff, but it had the Jerry Lawler, Terry Funk, empty empty arena. Yeah, um, that's good stuff. But for the but I think for people like you and I who grew up in Crockett Country, mm-hmm. we did not have the exposure to Memphis, mm-hmm. and so we didn't have the appreciation for it. Mm-hmm. Um, as you in your tape trading days and your days, do you remember when you first got introduced to Memphis and when you really kind of started gaining an appreciation for it? I think it it would have been that Jerry Lawler um, Terry Funk match may have been one of the first. I'm not saying it's the first thing I ever saw of Memphis because I obviously I, I had seen the uh, the Andy Kaufman Jerry Lawler stuff, but that was different. Mm-hmm. That was kind of a whole different a different deal. Um, but that Terry Funk Jerry Lawler, I remember getting a, a compilation tape mm. and that being on there. And it kind of making me seek out, um, seek out some Memphis stuff. And I loved um, the Bill and Buddy show, and like Bill Dundee and uh, oh right, um, Buddy Landale, who I've been watching a lot of Buddy Landale stuff. Yeah, lately I just I just I love Buddy Landale. Let me tell you something, brother. Yeah, I just love that he's he's just he's so cool, man. He's yeah. so funny. He's just this guy that. He's got this charisma about him that just you wish he'd have had his his stuff together. Yeah, because he would have been just what he could have done. There's like when he, he was really serious in Smoky Mountain Wrestling when he had that match with Shawn Michaels. Yeah, and he talked about all the the things that everybody said about Buddy Landell up until that point. I mean, his drug abuse and things of that nature. So I always liked that. Uh, getting to see. I was a kid. I liked uh, the Boogie Woogie Man, mm-hmm. and uh, and then realizing, man, he had a whole different gig before he. Before he come here, and then finding out it, wow, he even had a gig before that where yeah. he was in the WWWF yeah. with his with his tag champions. But um, watching that stuff was fun. Um, trying to think, 
yeah, I mean, I guess that would be the stuff. I mean, when I when I can remember starting to get tapes, and I think I I ordered after I saw the 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 empty arena match. I think I ordered a Memphis tape. Hmm. It was just kind of a mixed bag. <coughs> it had some, you know, Bill Dundee and Jerry Lawler and and things of that nature. Just those wild matches, but the the um, the quality of them was terrible. Yeah. You know, it would just be like up until recently I bought the Jerry Lawler Blu-ray and it had mm-hmm. some it had some good stuff on it. I had the, the Memphis Heat DVD. Yeah. I actually sold it for a lot of money. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Um I totally forgot and lost you were, my train. You're talking about me watching Jerry, watching Memphis wrestling oh, on that, so that, one, that's what I remember. One thing I saw today was how many people, how many world champions went through Memphis. Undertaker was there. Steve Austin was there. Rock went through there. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing Steve Austin used to talk about all the time, like he used to just not bury Jerry. He just well, used to talk no, about. He did. Yeah. I mean, yeah, just yeah, talking about did. his uh, low payoffs. Yeah, he talked about. Uh, Looking at the check, and and that's what they they can say that they can go on the WWE network and they can slap each other on the back and play friendly all they want to. Like he definitely talked about one time not liking Jeff Jarrett because he said you can stare at that check all day long and ain't gonna get any bigger. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so that leads me to this question. Obviously, Jarrett was able to stay in business because uh-huh. he managed his books well, right? Mm-hmm. But how was he able to keep going when, I mean, for lack of a better term, he wasn't stiffing guys. I guess Here, there was an agreement. Here, here's the thing. Yeah. If you have a job. Yeah. And you're not happy with what they're paying you. And you're not happy with the benefits that are provided. Then quit that job and go get another job. It's really that simple. Yes. So if you choose to go to work at McDonald's. Yeah. I don't want to hear it. Right. Right. You know? So that, if you choose to go work for Jerry. Now, companies like that oftentimes succeeded because they caught, they were the middle rung on the ladder. Right. You catch the guys on the way up and you catch the guys on the way down. Yes. And that was where Jerry Jarrett, that's where they operated at, was in the middle of that ladder. You talked about it. Undertaker wasn't there uh, after he became the Undertaker. No, that's right. Steve Austin wasn't there after he became Stone Cold. No, no. Buddy Landell wasn't there, you know, till after he had, well, I would have to look at the time frame on that. He may have been. He may have been there before and after. Yeah, I think there was some, you know, I think there was some before and after they fired him from Crockett. Yeah. Um, I think that may, that may be where he wound up at after that. Um, but Buddy Landell always hung around in the middle of the ladder anyway, so I guess catching him on the – Jimmy Valiant maybe would have been a guy <coughs> caught on the way down from leaving WWWF. Right. Um, he would have been on the way down. So, yeah, that's where they operated at. They operated in the middle of that ladder, catching guys on the way up and guys on the way down. Do you think – I mean, obviously no one is going to question Jarrett's skill as a promoter, booker. No one's going to question that. But do you think what you just described 
happened by accident or by design? You know, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I don't. I don't know. I think. I think there was a promotion built around Jerry Lawler and Bill Dundee, and everybody else were were bit players. I mean, right. you were coming in. <clears throat> you know, depending on who was a, a heel and who was a babyface, to work with those two guys, or to or if those guys were feuding with each other, you may be acting as his backups to that feud, or if they were tag team. They may be put together. I just think you had two main guys, right? That 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 uh, territory was built around. You know, it would be like, you know, in Crockett coming in and and um, you know eighty six, it was Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair on top who it was right. built around, and everybody else was was meant to to bolster up that feud and bolster up you know the the Horseman versus Rhodes and his. And his road warriors, and it wind up being Nikita. It would have been Magnum, right? Um, yeah, I just you know, you had two guys that were the, the top attractions. He could trust those two guys, right? He know those guys wasn't going to leave. That's another thing with those that you have to remember with those promotions um, like Memphis. If and we'll, if Buddy Landell shows up, you might invest six, seven, eight weeks of TV time in him. And then Vince McMahon call and you'd have to drop it because mm. he's leaving. Mm. You didn't have to worry about that with Jerry, with uh, Jerry Lawler and, and Bill Dundee. And then later with Jeff Jarrett, you didn't have to worry about that. That was your, you could trust those guys. Right. So yes, I think that part of it was definitely by design. Right. Right. Um, what do you think, again, for people who, who grew up around Crockett, what do you think were like if you could kind of list, you know, what are the things you would say Jerry Jarrett did well as a booker? Like what were some of the kinds of angles and those kind of things that like maybe we didn't see around here, but like that that maybe he did that influenced other things. Like I'm thinking the concession brawl. Like the Yeah, and, that is definitely <laughs> like one of the more we hadn't got even got to the, the concession brawl that wound up. You can trace that to um, Onita coming over. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't know what the, just if you don't know what the concession stand brawl is, just look for the original Tupelo concession stand brawl on right. YouTube. It'll probably be there. It's, we'll put a link to it. It's uh, the Blonde Bombers, uh, Wayne Ferris, who later became Honky Tonk Man, and Larry Latham versus um, who was it? Dundee and Lawler might have been. God, it's been so long. I ain't they, well, they ended up doing that angle three yeah. or four times because there's one time well, that's with Moondogs. That's what I was going to yeah. get to, yeah. Uh, <coughs> so anyway, there's mustard everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Just just <laughs> look for that. Um, anyway, or maybe it was – maybe Jerry Jarrett was – I can't remember. I ain't watched it in 10 years. Right. I, you know, I don't know everything. Yeah. Despite what you said. All right. Write that down. You know, I can't remember. Heck, I ain't watched it in 10 years, but I know it's awesome. Yeah. And uh, anyway, they went over years and years and years. They tried to recreate this. Even up, there was a WCW pay-per-view that tried to recreate it with uh, Harlem Heat and the Nasty Boys. And Shivani said, oh, there's mustard everywhere. But Onita came over, and Ricky Morton was in the match with Onita. Mm. Onita goes and... Back to Japan, he's hurt, he's injured, and he realizes I cannot do the Japanese strong style anymore, but I can do 
this hardcore American brawl style. He does that. A young Paul Heyman is starting his own promotion. He watches this FMW, Frontier Martial Arts Wrestling. He watches this going on. He brings that to the United States as, as Extreme Championship Wrestling, which influences the Attitude Era in WCW Nitro. Even to this day, you see the influence of, of that concession stand brawl. Mm. Every time you watch a, a brawl, it's, it's paying homage to that match. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that may wind up being Jerry Jarrett's. I mean, up to that point, there had been attacks in locker rooms and those times. Jarrett, well, it was Dundee and Lawler because Jarrett, the the, um, the famous quote was Jerry Jarrett said, do anything you want to, but stay away from the popcorn machine because they just bought it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, I I think they just uh, – they they were able somehow Memphis was able to keep the same two guys on top and still be hot and still draw so well at the Mid South Coliseum and then because maybe it's because of the revolving door that they were able to recycle some of these angles because it was new people right yeah I mean it's different folks and. But that, like it shouldn't surprise you. Can see that with independent promotions around here. I mean, there's a couple of guys that work the independents around here that people love. Yeah, and there's some that people hate, and they same people go to these shows all the time. And if you're going to the show every week and you're invested emotionally in Jerry Jerry Lawler and Bill Dundee, it shouldn't. You know, you. you you love Jerry Lawler and then he did something and he, and he, and he turned bad and now you're mad at him. Right. But when somebody finally pushes Lawler to the point where he pushes the strap down and he turns good again. Yeah. You're going to love him. You know what? I've been watching WrestleMania six Uh huh. and I got up yesterday to, uh, demolition versus, uh, uh, the colossal connection mm. King Haku and Andre the giant. Wow. And of course, Andre gets tied up in the ropes. Haku gets beat, and then Heenan slaps Andre, and Andre turns babyface again. And the ovation that Andre got, mm. you know, because he was kind of immobile at that yeah. point. I mean, this is even like a couple of years after WrestleMania three. Yeah, and he had done the stuff with the Ultimate Warrior. I mean, he was almost immobile at this point. Um, but the respect when he turned good again and he grabbed yeah. Bobby Heenan and he beat up Haku and, yeah. he, you know, chased him off. And then they went to climb up in the buggy to ride back and he follows him and he pulls him out of the buggy and he climbs up in the buggy and it's rolling off and everybody's standing and, and like giving Andre a standing ovation hmm. to let him know that because they were ready for Andre. They, people wanted yeah. to love Andre. Right. Right. You know? And it was the same way with being emotionally invested with Jerry Lawler and, and Bill Dundee, and then later Jeff Jarrett. I think Andre, to me, Andre being able to be one of the biggest baby faces of all time, because typically people cheer for the underdog. Uh huh. And Andre was never the underdog. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and one one thing Memphis did well was like you said they had Lawler and Dundee they could have brought me and you in put us with those two guys and automatically we're elevated yes mm-hmm. 
I mean, if the people there see you interacting, it's kind of like when you walk around with me anywhere. That's right. It automatically elevates you. People go, man, that guy right there. This guy, <laughs> he must be a tough guy. I mean, if Mar if Mark needs that guy to protect him, how tough is <laughs> how that tough guy? Is that guy? <laughs> <clears throat> um, but I think, you know. I think one thing I really appreciate about Jerry Jarrett is on the one hand, he knew what, <laughs> what you always, you hedge everything you say. What? You go on the one hand, well, and then no, you're going to say the complete opposite no, about him on the other hand. No, but you tell me if I'm correct. On the one hand, he, he knew what worked. Mm-hmm. And he would recycle stuff, and he would go back to the same well. And on the other hand, he was willing to adapt. They were willing to do the merger with uh, World Class, and they did the USWA. And then he was one of the guys going in with Vern, and they're trying to do mm -hmm. – they're. it's like he was open. He wasn't stuck in his ways. And then he wound up working with Vince McMahon in the right. WWF. Yeah. Right, right, right. And then his son – has followed the kind of that same path. His son is like, tries to kind of do his own thing. And if that doesn't work, he knows where the money is. Yeah, he does, man. And he's such a good, like, it's he's a great acquisition for uh, AEW. Yeah. The reason that they hired him in WWE was because he has all these uh, um, relationships yeah. with these people in these arenas, man. And he was going to help, and so AEW was smart to snap him up because they're going to start doing house shows. And what was, what was the reason he left WWE? I think it was one of those deals where he was caught up in the regime change. Oh, and I could be wrong about that, but I think all that happened when, uh, you know, when Vince McMahon kind of went out and they started restru restructuring everything. I, I think he was just a guy that got caught up in that. So let's segue. Okay. If you're okay. I can live with that. Let's talk a little bit about, well, we haven't talked about this. I saw on, on Twitter the other day, so you know it's a reliable source, that Vince is looking for $9 billion mm -hmm. for WWE. Mm -hmm. um, thoughts on that? I don't If that's what he's looking for, and he, uh, you know, I don't, I, would, I don't know what to say about that. I mean, I I mean, I'm saying we restart the Patreon. <laughs> Everybody chip in a couple of bucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen. Yes. That's what we should do. Let's restart hey, let's the Patreon the with the expressed, the expressed, expressed. Well, let's just forget it now. I what can't even we, say it. We should start a GoFundMe <laughs> to raise money to buy WWE and just let everybody around the country who's a wrestling fan chip in and make everything a vote by committee. You know, we just put a Make poll. it like the old NWA. Yeah. <laughs> you would love that, wouldn't you? It would be a committee. Of, We're going to elect the world champion. It would be 500,000 armchair bookers. <laughs> Deciding who's going to win at Elimination Chamber tonight. <laughs> um, I saw where, you know, when you hear 
man, no one's going to pay $9 billion for WWE. But then the person's response was that WWE has four, if I read this right, they have four separate billion-dollar deals. You know, uh -huh. the Peacock deal, USA, Fox, and then something else. Maybe it's Saudi Arabia. <laughs> well, you know, maybe so. I wouldn't know. That's part of it. Well, yeah. Yeah, there's money there. Yeah, I think there's been some talk that the Saudi Arabian government may wind up buying this company. How crazy would that be? It would be something else, wouldn't it? I'm going to quote you on that. What do y'all think? Well, uh, the official position <laughs> of the Double Dropkick Show on the potential purchase of the WWE by the Saudi government is it would be something. <laughs> yeah, that's God. our official yeah. position. Like, how that would play out. I mean, you know, that's, that's, that's wild, man. That's wild. What if... What if they bought it and moved all the operations over there and just start running yeah. out shows around? Like, Bilo Center, you're not getting WWE because they're running house shows and, and they're running eight days a week and they're no <laughs> days right. off. And yeah, yeah. I'd be interested to see how that would work. They're, you know, they already are taking on Golf the PGA, PGA. Mm -hmm. yeah. The world is changing. Yeah, I don't think that's as far fetched an idea as as you may think it is. No, it would be something. <laughs> um, where do you think is Jerry Jarrett in the Hall of Fame? I don't think so. Maybe I mean maybe that's. Um, Maybe he goes in this year. Have they even started announcing? He won't go in. I don't think he's going in long as Jeff Jarrett's working for AEW. Well, that's true. Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't see that. And no, they have not announced the Hall of Fame. I think they're going to reduce the number of people going in. <clears throat> you know, kind of based on last year. I think, I tell you what I think. I think they thought they were going to get the rock. And I really believe they intended to induct him in the Hall of Fame. And then it is interesting. They thought they were going to get the rock. They thought John Cena was going to be part of WrestleMania. Then Vince McMahon came back and there was talk that the Saudi Arabian government was going to wind up buying this company. And all of a sudden rock and John Cena are not going to be appearing at WrestleMania. Um, you know, it's one of those things connected to the other. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think D D Batista never got inducted, so he's probably going in this year. I don't know. I don't know. He's going to be in Hollywood, I would think. <clears throat> I mean, he um, – They were going to induct him. I mean, he technically has been elected to the Hall of Fame. Right. They just haven't done the induction. Right, <laughs> right, right. Um, who? I mean, who else is not in there that should be in there? I mean, you got to – how long you got? I'm not – I'm top – okay, go ahead. Just the top three off the top of your head. Midnight Express with Jim Cornette. Okay. Um, all all four of them. Yeah. Um, I guess I was thinking more in the – that's good. You're 100% correct. Totally agree with you. I, I wasn't going – I was thinking more, I guess, 
modern era. But no, what's what's the other? What's some more? Bruiser Brody. Yeah, Bruiser Brody. Wait, uh, did he? I thought he got. Maybe they put him in that legacy thing where they could just get it out of the way. They put a lot, and that's why I'm yeah. asking Jerry Jarrett. Did he yeah. get leg- and legacy? You know, he fire? may have. He may have. I didn't think about that. Uh, man, I don't know. I mean, I you know, you, Bam Bam Bigelow is he? I don't think is he in. I can't I remember. Um, I mean, I think he's a. You know, they put the Steiner brothers in, so that's good. Um, demolition, but that's not going to happen because Bill Eady was part of that lawsuit. Right. Um, he is not in the Hall of Fame. Okay. Miss Elizabeth? Yep. And I understand they don't want it to all be people who have, who have passed away. I understand that. But, you know, Big Boss Man, is he... Lanny Poffo's Lanny Poffo get in? No. I thought not. Big Boss Man did get in. I thought Rich. Like Boss Man did get in. I could be right. I remember like one of his kids. Yeah. Um, I think you're right. That's right. That's right. Um, doing that. One Man that. Gang, did he ever get in? I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, but again, is One Man Gang... A Hall of Fame. Did he have a Hall of Fame? I don't think he had any less of a Hall of Fame career as a lot of other people. You Correct. Know? Correct. I mean, he was part of one of the biggest angles they ever did. Correct. Um, you know, it's like you know. I'm just trying to think back. You know. I mean, it's turn. It's it. It's the Hall of Fame, not the Hall of Everybody. Right. Pretty much if you worked I mean Barry Horowitz is gonna probably get in the Hall of Fame. Eventually. Is Rick Martell in the Hall of Fame? I don't think he is. H- hold on just a second. Tito Santana? He's in. Is he? Okay. Is he? I don't I don't know. I can't remember every single Hall of Fame inducting. Mark, you are the historian of the Rick Martell, not in the Hall of Fame. I knew Rick Martell wasn't in, but I don't. I, Santana's probably in. Um, Should Strike Force be in? No, they weren't. They didn't have the longevity. I don't think, think Strike Force should be in. Um, you know, Anderson and Blanchard are in, and Rick Flair's in a couple of times. Uh, they may put uh, Evolution, might put them yeah, in as a group. I could see them putting Evolution in once Orton retires. I was, I think at this point, if he's retired, you put Triple H in. Yeah. Um, I think he would, I think Cena, Rock, Batista. Yeah. Um, Umaga. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if Umaga's in. I don't think he is. I don't think he's been put I would, in yet. I would put him in, even though he kind of had a short career. There's so much with that, that le- the legacy of that family right. I think, that, that he deserves. Anyway, that's just a couple off time. But I think Cornette and the Midnight Express is one of the glaring omissions. Correct. Um, from the people of that era. And Bam Bam Bigelow. Yeah, I mean, really, <clears throat> because of like the legacy part of things – They've they've kind of backdoored a lot of people right. into just so they can say the Hall of Fame. They don't have to 
Um, because they put in Wahoo McDaniel right. like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't know that they put in Ivan Koloff. I don't think so. Uh, in that way, um, yeah, it's a it's a it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting thing. Um, I you know I mentioned when we got here today, we're recording this on February the eighteenth, twenty twenty-three. I didn't even remember till this morning that Elimination Chamber is uh, tonight. So I want to touch on this briefly, and then uh, we'll move on to our next episode. We're going to segue into our next episode. Um, Tonight it's Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn. Uh, Winner takes on Cody Rhodes Mm -hmm. at WrestleMania. Where Where do you think they're going with that? What's the play? I think there's... They've done a good job. They've learned from past mistakes. Mm-hmm. If you watched Sami Zayn and, and Cody Rhodes' promo from Monday night, did you watch it? I've not had a chance to. Really good. It. Put them in the ring together and had mm-hmm. them talk good about one another and have Cody Rhodes say, look, why not you? Why, mm. you know, why, why can't you go beat him? Why right. can't you face me? Why does it have to be me and him? Why yeah. can't it be you and me at WrestleMania? So I would think one of the only two ways to go with it would be something happened where Sammy doesn't get a fair shake tonight and you do a triple threat match um, and maybe put both titles up for two different pinfalls. Cody wins one. Sammy wins one. Everybody's happy. Mm. Mm. Um, I think that's the way to go. And then the only other way to go um, is to have the the Usos reunite and start beating up Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens and Cody Rhodes make the save. Yeah, and you put Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns go off together, and then uh, Sami and Ke- and Kevin Owens kind of go off with the Usos. Is there? Which I think is probably the more likely scenario. Is there another pay per view between now and WrestleMania? I don't think so, but I don't know because. Doing a six-man main event, I'd like to see that mm-hmm. between tonight and WrestleMania. That that's yeah, logical. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'd be good. Mm-hmm. Um, any, is there any chance they turn it into a triple threat match, and Cody pins Sammy, or does that take away? I think that me? would take away from it. I think both of those guys should beat Roman Reigns that night. Hmm. You put, you know. I would probably, and I don't know how you would say that the first pinfall is going to be for this title and the other pinfall is right, going to be for that right. title. But, that's kind of convoluted. Um, but. but that's just what you would have to say. The first pinfall will decide this, the second pinfall. And if Roman Reigns beats them both, hey, it's. Well, so yeah. maybe you start out triple threat match. The first the first guy that makes first pinfall, he, he wins that title. He's out of the match. And then it's two on two for the other title. No, I would keep it. A, you would keep it. So, but, the, and the person could st- win both again. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Why not? Okay. I mean, God, in all the convoluted mess that this company does, is that so hard to follow? Right. I don't know that it's, you're correct, but they're trying to, they're doing a better job of it not being convoluted. They are. They're actually taking their time until the, Telling you, if Vince McMahon had been writing this, it would have, we would have already seen 
Sammy versus Cody and Roman versus Sammy and Cody versus Roman. We'd uh, and then we would have had a triple threat and we'd have had a six man and we'd have had a couple of tag matches. And then when we got to WrestleMania, you'd be tired of it. Right, right, right. Um, I you know I would say all of that is a clear indication of the influence of the double dropkick show in professional wrestling. Make it logical. I think uh, Paul Levesque, when he's doing his midnight workouts with Stephanie, <laughs> he's like, hey, got to grab my headphones. What you listening to? Nothing. I'm listening to Heath and Mark. Who? Hey, just trust me. Yeah. We're going to run this place one day. And we want to do it right. And these guys, these guys are the best. And one day, we're going to have to make them an offer they can't refuse to move to Stanford, Connecticut. How much money would it take for you to move to Stanford, Connecticut? I mean... The cost of living up there is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not like around here. I mean, I, first of all, it's not ever going to happen. Mark. <laughs> second of all. Mark. Yeah. The, those are the words of, like, Mark, why do you, it's my fancy. How much money would it take for us to move? For us to move? Oh, now you and me are moving together? No, no, no. not to, Are we, we going to build a barn dominion? We're, a, we're a package deal. Yeah. Yeah, how much how much would it take? Yeah, I mean it would have to be uh, seven figures, easy, easy yeah, seven yeah. figures. We'd have to be getting up in the, you know, at least I would say at least, you know, five million to ten million. I mean, I would have to before I relocate, and you know, they're going to have to pay my moving expenses. Yeah, that's right. I would say, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I'm going to be honest. I don't know. I mean, the winners up there are really harsh. And what I say it would take five or ten million. I mean, up front. I don't. We would either have to have a contract that said I'm going to get ten million dollars to do this, even if I get here tomorrow and you decide you don't want me to be a part of this company anymore. Right. It's ten million for the interview. Because given the history of what they'll do, <laughs> right, they'll let you re relocate to another part of the country, buy a house, and then fire you six weeks later. I would put in an extensive. I'd do a yes. college football coach yeah, it contract. Would, it would absolutely be a, whether whether this relationship works out or not. I get the full amount, right? And then I would do it. Other than that, I wouldn't do it, like for any amount, because I've seen it. I mean. Right. Talk to J.J. Dillon. Talk to Eric Bischoff. Eric Bischoff, man. Talk to everybody. It, was it even a month? Like, yeah, it was, it was like, like two months. Yeah, it was no time. And he was out again. Yeah, I mean, he relocated from Wyoming. Yes. To Stanford, Connecticut. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, it would take. I, You know, I'd have to see. I would have to see. Okay. What's the schedule? Yeah. I mean, you want me to work 5 a.m. to 1 a.m.? Yeah. Because that's going to cost you more. No doubt. You want me to work 
seven days a week. You want me to travel? We're going to have to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's different. I mean, it's a it's a multi-layered negotiation. Mm-hmm. Now, let's flip, flip the script. Why should WWE hire you and me? They should. Why? Because we're armchair bookers. We're not real bookers. We're just having fun. They're making money. But don't you think they should at least hire us for a focus group or something? Maybe so. Yeah, I mean, if you want me to tell you what I don't like, I can definitely do that. Do you think... I think we would bring something to the table. Probably. It would be worth, sir, Mr. H, Mr. Triple H, sir, Mr. Khan, Mr. Nick Khan. Khan, let me just say, for the price of two round-trip tickets, an Uber to your headquarters and perhaps two nights at a luxury hotel with some steak dinners included, we would give you, I would say, two days of our time to sit down with you, I would say, for less than Mm $5,000. Because I'm telling you, you pay my expenses, you feed me well, Uh I'm going to give you the eight hours for free. Personally, yeah, 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 you know, and um, and we can just, I think it'd be worth it. I think it'd be a worthy investment for them. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Really? Of all the things, 310 episodes, and that's the most ridiculous thing? <laughs> I mean, everybody in the sound of your voice is now dumber <laughs> for having listened to you say all that. <laughs> I'm just saying, if they want to know what the people in the Tri-County area of South Carolina want in their wrestling, are they winning this market? <clears throat> Probably not. <laughs> um, no, you're right. That is, it's not the most ridiculous thing I said this week. No. no but no. it's the most ridiculous thing I've said on this podcast today. <laughs> hey, so we're going to segue... We segued into into modern wrestling, Roman Reigns. Uh, our next episode, we're going to talk about Roman Reigns' extended reign, and uh, we're going to talk about um, the difference between his long reign now as compared to long reigns in the past. And if you were a wrestler today, do you want to be Cena and have 13 reigns or 16 reigns, or do you want to be a guy with like two reigns, but they're both really long? So that's where we're going to head today. Um, the Double Drop Kick Show, uh, obviously, if you're listening to this, you have found us somewhere. Our website is doubledropkickshow.com, where you can see less than extensive show notes. Um, you can listen to it on the website, but we're on Spotify. We're on all the um, major podcasting platforms. It's interesting that we tell people who are listening to our podcast where they can go to listen to our podcast. I, they're, yeah. They're listening to it. Clearly they know where to listen right. to our podcast at. What we need you to do though, you, you are a listener. 
but we need you to take, we need you to take a, a step of um, subscribing or following, depending on the terminology used. Um, download that's big. We also need you to listen to the whole episode. That's also a good um, analytic that we need. But whatever platform, there's star ratings, there's reviews. It takes you, as far as doing a star rating, takes you two seconds. We don't want three-star reviews. We do not want your four-star reviews. We want five-star reviews. And listen, I don't care if you hate this show. Please give us a five-star review. What's it going to hurt you? Mm-hmm. It's not going to hurt your reputation one bit to get – because, listen, we go through, and I see everybody who gives us a five-star review. And when we're sitting across the table from Nick Kahn and Kevin Dunn and Paul Levesque, and they say, who else you got? We're going to start – with the people that have given us five star reviews, hey, I want you know, <laughs> Timmy Jamison, Timmy Jamison of Waterloo, Iowa. He's somebody. He's a good one. Uh, so if you're an independent wrestler, listen, best give us that five star review. We've given you guys reviews that you certainly didn't deserve a lot of times. Boy, it's time to pay back. Time to pay us back. Um. But if you do, if you do take the time to write a review, that would be nice. I'm sorry, God darn you, dragging this out. I had to set up for a minute. Sorry. All right, it's time to segue. Into a jackass festival in here. Anyway, for the Double Drop Kick Show, I'm Heath Mulliken. and I'm Mark Whitman. And that's it this week, fans. So long for now.